Thank you, Holy Spirit. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Out of His mercy, out of His grace. Though Lot and his family were sitting where they should not have been sitting, settled where they should not have settled, lived amongst people whom they should not have lived amongst. God, out of his mercy, because of Abraham's intercession, sent his angels, his ministering servants, his angels to Lot and his family to rescue them, to redirect them into the will of God. Lot went outside the will of God. When Lot separated himself from Abraham, went into the place that he thought was like the garden of the Lord. It was very fertile. He was outside the will of God. What your eyes can see can deceive you. What your ears can hear can deceive you. Lot was not a wicked man. He lived with Abraham and he learned about the God of Abraham. He chose to be righteous before God. The Bible calls him righteous Lot. Lot was a man of integrity. The Lot thought that this place looks like the garden of the Lord. He missed the mark because he was not led by God. Many times your eyes can deceive you, make you think that this is God's will because your heart wants that. There are many people who come and say, God said this, God said this, because they have a strong desire on the inside. And they look for signs that will go with the desires of their hearts. Satan will give you plenty of signs to tell you that this is God's will, because he wants to take you outside God's will. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. The will of God will not come in a hasty manner. The will of God will not be revealed to anyone unless you really seek the Lord for it and wait on God. The will of God will not go in the direction that we want. The will of God will be revealed to those who wait on Him. God will lead. It's not we will lead God. It will. It is God will lead us. That means we wait until we hear from God. The will of God will not go by human thinking. 
the will of God will not. The will of God will not take us away from the Lord, outside the place of God, away from the people of God, away from the presence of God. It takes humility to be in the will of God. It takes humility to be in the will of God. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. When Lot went out of God's will, and he stayed in a place which was outside God's will, he had no feeling about it, even though in his conscience he was troubled by it. He had no regrets. A Christian can live a life like that, where he can be deeply, he or she can be deeply troubled by his or her own behavior. And yet do nothing about it. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Feeling remorse, regret is not enough. We need to do something about it. Lot didn't do anything about it. He stayed there until the angel of the Lord had he had to come and say, let's go. And still it took time for him. They just delayed and delayed and delayed. Until they were dragged out and you call that God's mercy and grace. You could have just left them there. God could have just left them there. You chose this lot. Stay here. God could have just left them there. You chose Sodom and you chose to live among the Sodomites. So stay there. When this place is judged, you shall be judged too. For not living an unrighteous life, but, by, but for choosing to be among these people and staying outside God's will. But God's mercy came. God's mercy came. God said, I'm going to pull you out of this. And even when they delayed, God didn't say, well, obviously you have no heart to leave this place. So you have Sodom in your heart and I'm not going to take you from here. You're making the choice to delay and linger here. Stay here. We're leaving. The Lord didn't do that. The angel of the Lord who came didn't do that. Because he was doing the will of God. The angel of the Lord was doing the will of God. He said one more time. One more time. Just like how Jesus Christ talked about the parable the garden he told the owner Lord give some more time some more time some more time 
Just like one last effort. I'm going to pull you by your hand, but I'm going to give you an instruction. You better leave Sodom there. Don't carry Sodom in your heart. If you carry Sodom in your heart, you cannot go to the place I will show you. God told Abraham, I will show you the place, Abraham. And Abraham was led by God. God showed him the place. Until then, Abraham stayed. Lot was a man who was driven by self. The consequence, you see, right in front of him. And right in front of the rest of the world. For all eternity to see. Even when the angel of God came to pull him out, he did exactly what he did with Abraham. He said, I'll do my thing. I know where to go. I'll get the right place. I'll get the most fertile place. Before Abraham can get it, I'll get it. Me centered life. Not dependent on God. Was going by. What the heart wanted and the eyes lusted after. Didn't seek God. Didn't consult with Him. Didn't ask Abraham. Didn't choose to stay with Abraham. Didn't choose to humble himself and stay with Abraham. Through whom he received the blessing. When the eyes saw whatever and said, Good for me, I'll go. Now the same pattern is happening over here in Sodom. But God is graciously pulling him out and he's saying, A little more time, a little more time, it's too soon. And so many things in Sodom, too soon. Too many. Too long I've stayed here. God is speaking to our hearts. Don't be like Lot. Because you won't make it. If you carry Sodom in your heart. You won't make it. If pride is in your heart. You won't make it. If pride is in your heart. You won't make it. If independent spirit is in your heart. I know everything. It's pride. You will not make it. Now when the angel of God is graciously pulling him up, a condition was given to remove Sodom from the hearts of Lot and his family. One must not forget this. The only reason they were going to be taken out and led to where God wanted them to, where God said, okay, I'm going to put you right back into my will. This is plan B. Perfect will of God is missed by Lot because he separated from Abraham. But the alternative route that God is preparing for Lot, Lot missed that too. His life was spared. He didn't get burned down with the rest of the people or with his house and with the things in his house. But he missed the grace that came to him to take him to the will of God. 
Be very careful. God is speaking to your heart today. Don't be led by your own heart. Don't be led by your eyes. Don't be led by your emotions. Don't be led by your brain. Be led by the Holy Spirit. There's a stipulation that's been laid before them by the angel of God. Don't look back. That means you're leaving Sodom. Sodom shouldn't follow you. You shouldn't have Sodom within you. That's the criteria. If you want to escape this great judgment that's coming upon all of them, which includes even Lot and his family for staying there for this long, living in the midst of these people. But the mercy of God spares them all out because of Abraham's intercession. Someone can intercede and pray for you. Your pastor can pray for you. But if you don't leave Sodom, you will become like Lot's wife. If you are hasty, not looking for the will of God, you will end up like Lot. You will choose your own thing one more time. Fall into another ditch. That's the difference. You fell into one ditch before God came and took you out. He said, I'm going to put you in the will of God. And you said, oh no, this is good enough for me. And you go out to the will of God one more time. Next time, you fall into the ditch. God is not going to send another angel to come pick you up and say, let me put you into my will. No. Very clear signal you give to God that this is my choice. This is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. This is who I am. This is my taste. This is my style. This is what I want. God will say, go ahead. Because even God pressuring Lot and his family to leave Sodom now for the mercy of God. Because the judgment of God was not going to wait. It's coming. It's like a tsunami that is coming before it can hit their feet and sweep them off their feet and take them to the place of the dead. God says, run, flee from the wrath of God that is coming. Because it's not delaying. Two things the Spirit of God is bringing this morning to our church. One is when the Lord comes and He says, Get out, get out, get out. Get out of the way you're living. Get out of the way of thinking. Get out of your old lifestyle. Get out of your sinful lifestyle. Get out of pride. Get out of vain imagination. Get out of unwholesome talk. Get out from everything that I hate. Don't carry it in your heart. You missed the perfect will of God, but I will take you to plan B. God says, in order for you to inherit plan B, Sodom has to be out of your life altogether. Number one. Number two, in order for you to inherit plan B, you need to be 
someone who will seek God and be led by God, not do your own thing. Otherwise, God will lead you to your own ways. If you don't choose to be led by God, why should He lead? If we don't choose to be led by God, why should we lead? If we're not ready to follow, why will He lead? We say, I, I know what to do. God, I have enough scriptures and I have enough brain power that you've given to me. I have enough knowledge. I know what is good and I know what is not. I know which is right and I know which is wrong. And I know I don't need your help, O Holy Spirit. I can do it on my own because I have the word. You call that delusion. You call that delusion. You call that delusion. Looks very spiritual, isn't it? Talks very spiritual. But the end, you see, it's not spiritual. It's something that looked like it was spiritual, talked like it was spiritual, but it was far from spiritual because it was not spirit-led. God is speaking to the hearts of this hour. No trace of Sodom should be found in a believer. And no one with any trace of Sodom can enter into the will of God. And no trace of pride should be there if you want to enter into the will of God. If pride is there, God will not be there. If God is there, pride will not be there. Both are opposites, enemies to each other. God resists the proud. That means he hates those who are proud with all his heart. What a terrible place to be in. Nothing people say, God hates sin, but he loves the sinner. It's not fully true. It's not fully true. The Bible says, God resists the proud. Not God resists pride. God resists the proud. We need to be people who know the word, not sugarcoat the word and give to people and lie before God to the people. God is angry with the wicked every day. It's not God is angry with sin every day, but he loves the wicked now. Yes, God loved the Ninevites. And he sent Jonah for that. But he sent with a warning. Repent, or I'm going to destroy you and your place. If they wouldn't have repented, all of them would have been destroyed, just like all those who died in the flood. God is angry with sin and he's angry with the sinner but his mercy gives them the way of escape if they don't take the way of escape his anger will fall on the sinner not just on sin we need to know the Bible we need to know what God's word says 
not speak the Christian language that has been promoted by demons all over the Christendom. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. The Spirit of God is speaking at this hour. No trace of Sodom should be in the lives of believers who say that they want to be in the will of God or they want to be led by God or they want to go to the promised land. You will not make it. Live like the world, talk like the world. Pray like a Christian, live like the world, talk like the world. It will not work in the kingdom of God. No trace of Sodom should be in the lives of believers. Lot, you can, you can be righteous. You may not partake in everything that the Sodomites are doing, but you have Sodom in your heart. It's hard for you to leave. God is not in it. God is not in your choices. You're pretty much just like the Sodomites over there. Even though you're righteous. You want to do what you want to do. Just like them. They're doing what they want to do. You want to do what you want to do. Where's God in here? That's not being led by God. You can be led by utterly wicked sinful spirits. Or utterly wicked Religious spirits, both are the same. They make people do different things. I wouldn't say they make. When I say they make, which means they bring those thoughts. They bring those desires, but unless the believer partners with it, no one can make you do it. But when you partner with it, you will do what they want you to do. At that point, you become a slave of sin. So, by that, you actually do what they make you do. In the Spirit of the Lord, I hope you understand what the Holy Spirit is speaking at this hour. No one can force a believer to sin until the believer chooses to partner with Satan and becomes a slave of sin. He does everything that his slave owner will say. He has to after that point. And he will, because he's given himself willfully, willingly over to the master called sin. After that, he or she will drink sin like water with no feeling, because they become servants or slaves to sin. God is speaking to the hearts of this hour. And the angel of the Lord says, Let go not. The Lord will say, No, no, this is enough. This is enough. The will of God is the mo- not the most important thing for me. I am living for this present world. What a delusion. What a delusion. Lot was not with the Sodomites drinking, dancing, and committing lewdness. Lot was Righteous, but what was he doing in Sodom? What was he doing in Sodom? Obviously his righteousness was not enough 
to make him feel disgusted to get him out. He was vexed, but the vexation was not enough for him to get out of Sodom. It actually took longer for him, even when the angels came, said, come, let's go. That's how he was conditioned to everything. There are a lot of Christians who are conditioned to being comfortable among adulterers, among those who live an unclean lifestyle. They're comfortable. It doesn't bother them at all. They're not bothered by those who curse around them. It's like second language to them. They're so used to hearing it. They're not bothered by ungodly music. They're not bothered by people living together. They come and go. They're fine with it. They're not bothered by it at all. They're not bothered by fornication and those who commit fornication. They're not bothered by those who are in rebellion. They're not bothered by people who drink. They're not bothered by people who smoke. They're not bothered by anything. They say, I'm righteous, just like Lot living in Sodom. They're not bothered. They say, yes, we are vexed, but not vexed to the point of not being there, of weeping and praying. It's not there. They're comfortable, just like Lot. See where you stand. This is the Holy Spirit before God. See where you stand before God. Are you like Lot or are you like Abraham? Are you like Lot or are you like Abraham? Are you going to inherit the promised land or are you going to be outside the will of God thinking that you're living a righteous life and that your righteousness can save you when you're totally outside the will of God? He who does the will of God is he who will enter in. And the last day is the word of God that will judge us. Not what you thought, not what I thought, not what anyone thought. But the word of God will judge us. The word of God will judge us. Every word that God has spoken, every word that God has written, it will judge us. The very word that is calling us out of Sodom, the very word will judge us when we don't take that escape route. That's what happened to Lot's wife. It was grace that called her. But she didn't leave Sodom. She became a pillar of salt. Far worse than the Sodomites. And everyone knows what happened to Lot's wife. Jesus brought her as an example. Remember Lot's wife, what happened to her. Don't you be like that. Jesus mentioned this to people. Woe to you, Capernaum. You've received so much from God. You've seen so many miracles. Lord Jesus was right in your midst. You've experienced the tangible touch of God. Woe to you, Capernaum. 
the works that were done in Neil were done in Sodom, they would have repented with sackcloth and ashes a long time ago. Oh, what a difference. What a difference. Here you have one group of people who received everything from God. They're far worse than the people who lived in Sodom. May it not be said of this church. Jesus is in our midst. Day in and day out we hear the word. We see so many miracles and we've experienced so much of the tangible presence of God. That no one become like the Capernaum that Jesus talked about. Oh, let the fear of the Lord be upon this house of God. Never be casual towards the presence of God, towards the Spirit of God, towards the anointing of God, towards the servant of God. Be very, very careful. It's very important. Very important. That's where Lot missed the mark. He thought he can tell the messenger of God what he wants to do. And live it still. The messenger of God was sent by God to bless Lot in spite of what Lot did to bring him out of that. And not just to bring him out and say, okay, Lot, you stay here and pick what you want and leave. No, he was going to actually take him into the will of God. But Lot, his independent spirit, which is pride, said, I know everything. A messenger of God, even though you came from heaven, even though you're carrying the word of God, even though you're carrying the anointing of God, even though you just spared me from death. I know all of these things. But you know what? I know better than you. This is good for me. You can go. Goodbye. Oh, what delusion comes upon people when they give themselves over to pride. When they give themselves over to self-sufficiency. May God help us to understand what the Spirit of God is speaking to our hearts this morning. Thank you, Jesus. How can I enter into the promised land with Sodom in my heart? How can I enter into the promised land with pride in my heart? How can I enter into the promised land with self in my heart will not work will not work pride will bring unbelief pride will keep one far away from God God resists the person with all his heart woe to them woe to them be very careful be very careful as the Holy Spirit is speaking to the church, our church this morning. See where it applies to your life and what God is expecting from you. Because out of His mercy, this word is coming to you this morning. It's out of His mercy, just like how He sent 
the angel of God, the messengers of God, to bring Lot out. God's mercy has come to you this morning, so do not frustrate the grace of God. Let not a hint of pride be found inside of you. Because it will keep you out of every blessing that God has. Even if God wants to give you, He will not. Once He sees the pride, He will go far away from you because He abhors the proud. God resists the proud. He becomes an enemy to the proud. When pride comes in, every blessing that comes from God will just stop. The flow will stop and what you have will dry out. From being a fertile ground, you'll become a barren ground. This is what the Holy Spirit has shown me, where the ground will be cracked, the land will be parched. Totally parched. To the extent that no one will come to cultivate or live in that land. Because life will not be there. God is speaking to his people at this hour. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Everything can be okay everywhere. That doesn't mean that it is right. Everything can be okay with the majority of the people everywhere, even the Christian community. It doesn't mean that it is right. That doesn't mean that God is in it. That doesn't mean that God is not against it. May God help you to understand the depth of His word that God has spoken over his church we don't want to live a life of deception thinking that oh I'm righteous there's unrighteousness all around I'm so righteous but that righteousness didn't save a lot he almost got destroyed but for the intercession of Abraham We need to be in the will of God. Our righteousness should be that of the righteousness that will save us, that will keep us in the will of God. Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of Pharisees, you will in no way enter into the kingdom of God. The Lord Jesus Christ said that. That means your righteousness should be void of hypocrisy. Your righteousness should be void of hypocrisy. The righteousness of the Pharisees. The righteousness of the Pharisees. Was a righteousness that was external. Was a righteousness that made them feel good. 
oh, we're going to church and we're giving our tithes and offerings and we're singing our songs and we're having our family prayer and we're having our personal prayer and, and we're doing all of these things. We're fasting and we're doing this and we're doing that and we're doing this and we're doing that. They carried leaven in their hearts. External deeds did not match their internal behavior and attitude. They did all the external deeds. That was on one side. The other side, they were walking right past the wounded, the bleeding. They were people who had dead bones on the inside, Jesus said. They were hypocrites. They had a form of godliness, but they were not truly godly when God saw them. Our righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. That means our righteousness should have no hypocrisy in it. Unless your righteousness, Jesus said. Yes, God has given us His righteousness, but we need to walk it out, which is our righteousness. His righteousness becomes ours when we walk it out. Who will enter into the kingdom of heaven? Those whose righteousness is without hypocrisy. That means your life should be so transparent that God's light shines through. Your life should be full of truth and no drama. Your life should be full of truth with no pride in it. Are you taking this seriously? Those who play church will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Those who play good boy and good girl will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You really have to be good. Not play good. If the externals don't match your internal, your righteousness will be like the righteousness of the Pharisees. If the external matches the internal, then your righteousness has succeeded the righteousness of the Pharisees. In short, God says, your garment should not be dirty like the Pharisees. Those who are going to the wedding party those who are going to go when Jesus comes, should not have their garments defiled. It should have no wrinkle. It should not have any spots. Which means those who are careful, so careful to preserve their soul, the holiness of their spirit, their soul and their bodies are the ones will go when Jesus comes. Or do you have faith that Jesus is coming? Do you have faith in his word? Are you living like a heathen? Who does not believe in his word? God is speaking to our hearts this morning. Let the fear of the Lord guard your hearts.
Let the fear of the Lord lead you forward into His righteousness, into His holiness, into His love, into His unity. Hallelujah. Into His brotherly kindness. Let the nature of Jesus be seen. If you're not uncomfortable by what is happening around you to the extent of weeping before God and doing something about it, your spiritual state is not good. If you're not uncomfortable among the sodomites to the point where you cry out to God and you say, Lord, I want to get out of here. Show me what to do. Take me the way you want me to be. Then you're like Lot. You're not like Abraham. It's very easy to discern that. You don't need the gift of discerning the spirits for that. Very easy to see. Black as black and white as white. Blue as blue and red as red. Only those who have colorblindness will not be able to differentiate the colors. If you're spiritually colorblind, then you will not be able to differentiate between yourself and those who are truly righteous. God is speaking to your hearts in this hour. God is speaking to your hearts in this hour. Make sure you make it. Make sure you make it. Make sure you don't have the external. Inside is full of dead men's bones. Those who have pride will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Those whom God resists will not enter into the kingdom of heaven and they will not prosper on earth. They will not. If God will resist them at every turn, at every point. Spiritually they will not prosper. Physically they will not prosper. Emotionally they will not prosper. They will not prosper, period. The true prosperity of God will not be in the lives of those who are proud. They will face one death after the other. Beginning with spiritual death. God is speaking at this hour. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Beware of the yeast that is inside of you. Beware of the pride. Stay far away from it. Uproot it out of your life. Otherwise, it will cause spiritual death. Hallelujah. 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 Being comfortable where you are thinking that all is well is the worst place for someone to be. There's a lot was sitting there year after year after year. 
being grieved about what was happening in Sodom, but not having enough grief to cry out to God, seek the Lord, and get out of there. Don't be like Lot. Don't be like Lot. Don't be like Lot. Don't be like Lot's wife. Hallelujah. Being like Lot and Lot's wife will produce children just like the Sodomites. Hallelujah. 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 The fruit will show. Your life will show. Let God be seen and heard in all you do and say, Hallelujah. Let it be pleasing. Pleasing to you in all I say and do, in all I say and do. Let me be pleasing, pleasing to you in all I say and do, in all I say and do. Hallelujah. In all I say and do. Hallelujah. In all I say and do. God came down for Abraham. And God sent the angels to rescue Lot because of Abraham's intercession. What a difference between these two men. What a difference. One did the will of God. One had power with God. The other one had the form of godliness with no God in it. With no God in it. His righteousness made no impact upon his wife, upon his children, upon his community. What kind of righteousness did Lot have? Abraham's faith influenced his wife, influenced Lot, influenced his servants, influenced Eliezer. What kind of a righteousness did Lot have? It was a shell. Empty shell. Empty shell. What he got from Abraham was lost when he parted ways with Abraham. He took empty shell with him. The substance was gone. God is speaking to his people at his hour. What a difference. Lot thought, Abraham is righteous, I'm righteous too. God is blessing Abraham, he's blessing me too. Totally blinded. Not able to see to what extent God is with Abraham and to what extent God has blessed him and is continuing to bless him. Totally forgot. Blinded. That his blessings came from God through Abraham. He saw something in Abraham. That's why he left the land of the Chaldeans. And he followed Abraham and went with him. All of a sudden he thought he was equal to Abraham. 
All of a sudden thought he knows as much as Abraham knows. All of a sudden he thought that, oh, God is with him. Just like how God is with Abraham. You call that delusion. You call that delusion. But God is truly with one and God is not with the other. Be very careful. As long as you're with him, God will be with you. If you're not with him, God will not be with you. You have a form of godliness with no power. You know that. At that point, you are an empty shell. God is speaking at this hour. Take the word of God very seriously. Repent where you need to repent. Leave Sodom once and for all. And look to the Lord by humbling yourself where you need to humble yourself. For God resists the proud. The disobedient, the rebellious will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's a mark that God has given for the last days where he says, Children will be disobedient to their parents. Disobedient children. You have spiritual children who are disobedient. You have physical children who are disobedient. There's no difference. Disobedience is disobedience. Whether it's spiritual or physical. One is greater. When the spiritual disobedience comes in. It's far greater. It's far greater. It's one thing to say no to your boss. It's a whole different thing when you say no to a servant of God. When God calls you, when you say no to God, it's a whole different thing. There are people who fear man more than they fear God. The people who serve their bosses more than they serve God. They don't believe in the word of God at that point where God says God has the power to destroy both your body and your soul in hell because they don't believe in the scripture they fear their boss more than they fear God because they don't believe in the scripture they fear their children more than they fear God because they don't believe in the scripture they fear their parents more than they fear God because they don't believe in the scripture they fear their spouse more than they fear God because they don't believe in the scripture they fear the situation more than they fear God. See what is controlling you. See what is controlling you. See who is your boss and who is your Lord. Are you serving Satan? Are you serving Lucifer? Are you serving Lucifer? If you serve pride, you're serving Lucifer. God is not your Lord. If you're serving uncleanness, you're serving Lucifer. God is not your Lord. If your tongue is perverse, you're serving Lucifer. You're not serving God. You either serve God or Satan. If your mind is always on earthly things, your mouth spills out earthly things. When you ought to be mourning with sackcloth and ashes, then you're not serving God, you're serving Lucifer. 
the reverence that we need to have for God has to be there. There are people who think that they are driving north, but they are actually going the reverse direction, going south. When their destination is in the north, they are going south, far and far and far away, further away from their destination, not even knowing that they are going further and further away from their destination. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. When someone is in delusion, that's what will happen. They go further and further and further away. They think, hey, I'm cruising. Hey, I'm driving. Hey, how beautiful the scenery is. Meanwhile, they're going away from God. Don't wait. Because it'll become too late. The many have ended in the land of the dead. The many have ended in a place of no return. Where they thought they were going to heaven. Their ride looked like bliss. That they were in eternal bliss. Only to find out. Now there's no way of turning around. Don't wait till that time. Hallelujah. 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 Give yourself wholeheartedly to the living God. Give yourself wholeheartedly to the living God. Make sure your faith is like that of Abraham's faith that impacted all those who were around him because his faith was genuine. His walk was genuine. His life was genuine. Hallelujah. He was led by God Almighty who became his friend because he loved Abraham so much because of Abraham's faith and faithfulness in God they attracted God to the extent that God called himself Abraham's friend not Abraham calling God as his friend but God called Abraham his friend there's a big difference there you can say that the president is your friend means nothing many people say Jesus my friend Jesus my friend good but if you're really a friend Jesus has to tell if he's your friend or not the president has to say this is my friend then there's some weight to it God called himself Abraham's friend that means everything to Abraham God told Abraham Abraham I am your exceeding great reward oh my God what a reward that is hallelujah coming from the mouth of God will it come for you will those words from the mouth of God come for you are you living a life like how Abraham lived or are you living like Lot singing praise and worship in Sodom living among the Sodomites saying that this is not right that's not right but not moving an inch from there your faith is not making a dent in the lives of those around you. God is speaking to us today. It's important to mourn when we need to mourn. Godly sorrow will produce repentance. And that repentance is necessary to produce good works. 
that good works is essential if we need to enter into the kingdom of heaven because that is what will show what you're made of. Are you a good tree or a bad tree? Your actions will show. Your behavior will show. Your conduct will show. Whether you have faith in God or not. Hallelujah. Whether you're walking with the Lord or not, or you're going the opposite direction, not even knowing you're going the opposite direction, going further and further and further away from the living God because you've not sought the Lord, God has not led you. Because in your heart of hearts, you have separated yourself from Abraham. In your heart of hearts, the true righteousness that must exceed the righteousness of the hypocrites, the Pharisees, is not there. God says, examine yourself at this hour to see where your walk with God is and how deep is your walk with God. Are you having a superficial walk like how the mushrooms that suddenly come up when it rains and then it's gone before you know? Or are you like a solid tree that stands displaying its fruit that has come from its labor? It's taken everything the gardener has given and produced the fruit. Hallelujah. God is speaking to his people of his hour. God is speaking to his people of his hour. This is a sanctification work of sanctification that God is doing. It's a work of sanctification that God is doing. Hallelujah. Many, 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 many servants Many, 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 many servants. Many, 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 many believers. Many, 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 many preachers. Many, 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 many so-called prophets. Many, 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 many people like Lot will stand on the day. But God will say, I don't know you. They will say, Lord, we did this in your name. We did this in your name. We did this in your name. God will call them workers of iniquity because they did not have the fruit to show. They say they did. God saw something else. People can have big ministry, big buildings. They can have all the Christian talk. A Christian dad, a Christian mom, and a Christian uncle, and a Christian grandpa, a Christian grandma, a Christian wife, a Christian husband, a Christian son, a Christian daughter can have. But it'll be like the righteousness of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy before God. God is looking at your heart and your inward most being, your inward most being. Don't be found wanting in the balance of the Almighty God. Don't be found wanting in the balance of the Almighty God. It's the worst place to be in. Hallelujah. 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 Take some time in the presence of God. Take some time in the presence of God this morning. 
God wants to pull you out of Sodom. Say, Lord, I'll come out. I'm coming out right now. I'm coming. I'm leaving right now. I'm leaving Sodom right now. Whether it's unbelief, whether it's laziness, spiritual laziness, whether it's immorality, vain imagination, vain conversation, wasting time, Being outside the will of God is deadly. Make sure you're in the will of God. Make sure you're in the will of God. Make sure you're in the will of God. The Lord says in His Word, make sure you're in the faith. Make sure. Make sure. Hallelujah. 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 A healthy self-examination is important. A healthy self-examination in the presence of God is crucial. Making sure that you are on track every single day is crucial. Having the fear of the Lord in you every single day is vital for your spiritual life. Because it will keep you from Every spiritual harm and danger will keep you. The fear of the Lord will keep you. Hallelujah. Giving no room for pride is very critical. Because the moment you give room for pride, God will become your enemy. You don't want God to fight on your behalf. You don't want God to fight against you. You want God to fight on your behalf against your enemies. When you love pride in your heart, always know that you've made God your enemy. When you think that you're better than someone, when you think that you know better than someone, when you think that you know it, when that I comes up, even if it comes up once, and you give room to it, that's the key. Satan can bring proud thoughts. But if you don't cast it down instantaneously, you take it and you begin to play with it. Know that. It's at that moment you've set yourself up for a fall because God has become your enemy. God has become your enemy. Take pride very seriously. Take pride very seriously. Take pride very seriously. Thank you, Jesus. Wherever you need to purge yourself, wherever you need to clean up, clean up. When you need to leave Sodom, run with haste. When God tells you to do something, have the integrity and the humility to do it immediately. For the rebellious will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. The proud will be in the, hell, in the gates of hell. Welcomed by Lucifer, where there's no turning back. God is speaking to our hearts in this hour. Give yourself over to the love of God.
give yourself over to humility which will attract God to you those who are humble before God and men are the ones who will blossom before God flourish before God those who give room to pride will wither away in no time Saul got destroyed because of pride He was so proud. He didn't know how foolish he was when he was standing in front of a prophet and talking to him. He brought his own downfall. Made God his enemy. May God have mercy. And open the eyes of the understanding of his people. so that they may live like Abraham and not like Lot Lot ultimately lost everything Abraham gained everything Hallelujah 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 Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Father, thank you Lord for this morning hour. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Thank you for your word that you've given. Lord, it is your message to this church that you've given to all those who are here. to wake up to see where they are in the faith are we living up to the call of God that God has placed upon our lives are we trusting God the way God wants us to like how Abraham did are we having the righteousness that exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees the hypocrites Are we having the fruit that God is looking for? Are we really showing the works of righteousness? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for speaking to us this morning in an unexpected way. We are very thankful to God this morning. Oh Lord, for your mercy and for your grace that you have spoken to us so that we can be spared. That whoever needs to set right before God may set right before the judgment of God would fall. As you came to a lot in this family, you have come to your people today. Let each one see what needs to be done so that they can mend their ways before the living God. that they may make use of the grace that has come up to them. Hallelujah. That they may obey the voice of the Holy Spirit that comes through the servants of God that you place through their lives so they can quickly come out of Sodom. And no Sodom may be 
in their hearts. That they may live and not die. They may not be judged by the living God. The true repentance may cause them to escape the wrath of God. That they may truly trust the Lord and be found in the will of God. That their lives may change and not end like Lot. But they may end like Abraham. And with this blessing I bless your people with, O God, as your servants standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless your people with this blessing that you alone can bless them with, that they may live a life that is genuine before you, that their works may show the fruit of their repentance, that they may be quick to leave Sodom and be quick to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. They may be quick to listen to the messenger of God that you've placed in their lives so that they can be spared. They may have the humility, integrity, and wisdom to escape the judgment of God. For judgment will begin at the house of God. May I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God for this word that, once again, I wish it could be broadcast everywhere, first to the churches and then to many, many people. Really wish that a message like this would be on the radio, hitting the Christian stations all over the country, because so many people are spiritually deluded, and they're being coaxed into that um, by a lot of people who are not safe themselves. But as Oscar was speaking, actually maybe about 30 minutes ago or more, a little parable came into my mind, Lord gave me some words as writing down that I want to just speak about the three groups of people that came out of Sodom that she mentioned. The three classes of people were represented by Lot, one class. Second class was Lot's wife. And the third class were Lot's daughters. Three groups of people, three types of people actually came out of the cities that were to be destroyed. They actually embarked on the escape route. Root. Out of the three groups, one didn't have Sodom in him. And he feared destruction, and even though he was reluctant, he came out. He didn't have Sodom in him. But he feared the destruction. But at the same time, he wanted to stay. His family was there and other things. But he didn't really get that Sodom into him. 
And that's why in the New Testament it says that he had a, a measure of righteousness. He would have been destroyed. We heard that he came out reluctantly. That was one group. The second group didn't really fear destruction more than she loved sin. And so she actually had Sodom in her heart. And when she disobeyed the instructions, after being graciously brought out, she was destroyed on the spot. Very horrible fate. Instantly it fell on her once she resisted the grace with everything that was in her. So the first one didn't have Sodom in him, but he feared destruction. Eventually he came out. The second one didn't really fear destruction. She didn't care what happened to her. She wanted Sodom. She loved the sin. And so Sodom was in her heart and she was destroyed in the spot. The third group consisted of the daughters, and this group came out fearing destruction, but they also came out with Sodom in their hearts. See, the second one, the mother didn't really fear destruction all that much. She loved the sin more. These people, they agreed with Dad, we got to get out of here. We love Sodom too, but I don't think it's worth being killed over. Maybe we can go somewhere else and start a new Sodom. Who knows? Well, they escaped Sodom, but they ended up reproducing a new Sodom and Gomorrah all over again in their new residence. I'd like you to hear this parable. Once upon a time, there was a very active, well-populated, fun, free place called Vomit Village. And there was this man who lived in this big village over the mountains and across the plains called Vomit Village, where he was enjoying his recreation. His favorite pastime was swimming, that is, swimming in Vomit Pool every day. One day he heard that state officials had issued an order to burn down Vomit Village because its stench and the harmful pollutants and contaminants were affecting neighboring villages, and they were complaining that a number of them got very sick, these neighboring villages. So when this man heard about the fate of his beloved residents, very reluctantly and with tears, he decided to make use of the paid ticket on the next express train out of Vomit Village early the next morning. He really didn't want to leave, except that he was very afraid that he would get destroyed if he didn't get out when they leveled the place. So he finally left Vomit Village, where he had been living for a number of years. That very day, he was rescued out of it. And soon he began to see the scenery change while he was on this express train. The scenery changed drastically, and he was curiously watching as town after town that he passed on the train seemed to be so boring and void of any fun. They didn't have vomit anywhere. He was feeling very sorry for them because they didn't have the pleasure of swimming in vomit like he had been for a while now since he first moved into Vomit Village. Well, the train finally reached its destination and he realized that he had come quite far away from Vomit Village. And he seemed to lose his desire to breathe vomit air. All of a sudden he noticed that Maybe he got used to the vomit-free air, and now he's not feeling so bad about not having that intense vomit air. He didn't feel even the need to seek out vomit now like he did before. And all of a sudden, he was noticing the air was so different. It seemed different. But after some time, somehow the influx of this new vomit-free 
fresh air wasn't so fresh. He wasn't happy. And so he caught a bus and he went a little further away, even further than he had from Vomit Village on the train. He got off the bus after a while. Didn't, didn't feel all that clean. It didn't seem to be all that fresh, this air. The atmosphere still had something stifling about it. Then very frustrated, he booked a plane, an airplane, and he went to another state altogether. With each passing day, he noticed a change. Like, he really wanted a little more of this fresh air. It seemed to actually be in his heart that he'd gone thousands of miles in search of cleaner, healthier air, cleaner, healthier living. But still, he couldn't shake the smell of vomit. He discovered that he hadn't washed the vomit that was on the soles of his feet and on his clothing. So this man carried Vomit Village where he went, no matter how far he went. We need to put off the old clothing, the old nature, completely and thoroughly, as we heard in the sermon. Otherwise, no matter where we go or escape to, we will still have the stench and vomit ID to be honest. I want to just share the scriptures, Ephesians four seventeen to 32. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, I'm bearing witness with the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, these people were in church, the Ephesians. They're worshiping. They're doing all kinds of things. But he's telling them, what's happening on the outside doesn't match what's happening on the inside. Or at least the appearance you want to give. Don't walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Don't do it anymore. No longer. No more. In the futility, the vanity of their minds, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them. He's not talking about the world. The world is ignorant, but Christians who are in sin are willfully, willingly ignorant. As I continue to read Ephesians 4, 17-32, it says, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. How did that happen? Can you blame a person for being blind? These people you can, because who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Somebody could be sending a wire to Paul, sending a letter saying, Paul, I'm afraid you have the wrong church. We're serving God. We're not doing the things we used to. See, they were deluded, and so the Spirit of God had to Bring them up to speed on what was really happening. To work all uncleanness with greediness. Sodom didn't leave these people. He's telling them, but you didn't learn Christ this way. If you indeed have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off that vomit clothing. Put off 
concerning your former conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Yesterday morning in the message I talked about the liar talked about the schemer and the pretender. The liar, the schemer, and the pretender. Until this demonic trinity is brutally crucified out of our lives with a hatred from the Holy Spirit, the stench of Sodom will follow us no matter where we go, what city, what town, what church, what ministry. We have to put it off. Concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Too many Christians are trying to wear two hats at the same time. They want the old clothing and the new clothing. Can we make a compromise? No wonder. Through all the smiles and the happiness, it's more like a giddiness, a dizziness, where they end up falling. Pastor Kerber mentioned pride. When God says do something, we have to do it exactly the way he says it. Otherwise, we are resisting his counsel, his truth. Remember, partial obedience always amounts to total disobedience. A little leaven, a little vomit, a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. That's why you can take a dog out of vomit but eventually it'll find its way back to vomit no matter where you take it because vomit is part of his nature eating vomit that's what the Bible says in Peter we need to make sure we utterly are disgusted with vomit with leaven with every wickedness that no matter where we have to go in this world we can truly say and show it that though I'm in this world I'm not of it you could not buy me to do anything that's contrary to the will of God. Reading again here, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness. We heard about the empty shell of righteousness. The devil sees right through. And when he attacks that shell, nothing's there to fight him. And he gets to laugh last laugh but when God's righteousness is in our hearts we utterly hate what God hates and we love him that's true righteousness and true holiness therefore put away lying lying scheming pretension has to be out of our lives it's a demonic trinity of the flesh we have to hate with a passion and look and examine as I mentioned about the leaven seek in your own heart in the presence of God Am I a liar? Have I lied? Do I tell half lies and white lies and purple lies? A lie is a lie. If you have it, you're not making it to heaven. Get rid of it. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Pride will move one to get angry. End up sinning. <laughs> 
Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but is there a vacuum? No, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good. Not to feel better and say I have a nice apartment, a nice car, and I'm doing good, I'm being blessed. No, that he may have something to give him who has need. See, the life of God gives. It's not about me, how God has blessed me, and God is wonderful. Let me testify how much he's blessed me. What's coming out of that blessing to other people? Are you expanding the kingdom of God with God's blessing? Are you gratified? God has got me out of a tight spot again. Hallelujah. How is this going to benefit the kingdom of God? Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for necessary edification, that it may impart what? Grace to the hearers. Not empty talk, but actually impart God's blessing to the hearers, to build them up in righteousness. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. It's writing to Christians. Do not grieve. Only they can grieve the Spirit of God. in the manner in which a child can grieve a parent. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed. The world is not sealed. Believers are. For the day of redemption. One thing about the seal. This is a seal that can be broken. A covenant can be broken. Not by God initiating that, but by the other party, human beings, who are liars and schemers and pretenders. We need to make sure that seal remains by keeping our part of the covenant, walking with him, loving him. So easy to get along with God. He's so loving and kind, so generous. By whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, loud arguing, speaking, and evil speaking be put away from you. Get rid of it thoroughly with all malice, evil thoughts, wishing harm for other people, saying, I'm not touching that, but inside, dreaming evil things. I wish that they get hurt. God just put all of that away. That's Satan's nature. Rather, no vacuum now. Once you get rid of the vomit, you don't stay in limbo. You aggressively go for the fresh air, for the new life. And say, God, Give me instructions. You know, some people zealously say, tell me what to do and I'll do it. Among those people we know, one group will do nothing, all talk, hot air. Other will do some of it, not all of it. End up in trouble. It's a disgrace to God's name if they ever named the name of Christ, claiming to be Christian. But there's another group that will do everything exactly the way God says it. They will flourish. So not only leave stealing and lying and scheming and maliciousness, bitterness and wrath and anger and railing, evil speaking, everything that is filthy, everything that has to do with vomit, leave it. But now start eating healthy and be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Let the Spirit work in you, God's nature, forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you. Let the beauty of Christ be seen in me. O oh, thou spirit divine, all my nature refine. 
till the beauty of Christ be seen in me. Blessed be the name of the Lord.